Welcome back to another week of free basketball. I am your host, Jordan Meadows, and this is one of those rare instances where you're getting a solo pod. Uh, Daniel could not be with us tonight. Cody, who I thought was going to be with us this week, I forgot that the, he was going to Los Angeles and uh, have a marathon day on the day we usually record um, every week. And he had a marathon day where he both went to the Clippers and the Lakers game. So hopefully he'll actually be back next week uh, and he can kind of give us a thing on that, on how his trip went, how the games went, what he thought, et cetera. Um, but this week with this solo pod, you know, usually when I do solo pods, I don't do very many, but when I do, they're usually shorter in length. So we'll kind of see which way this one goes. Um, but I am going to bring out something that I usually talk about a couple of times a year, at least last year anyways. And that's power rankings. And yes, I'm doing them again. I had a lot of success doing it last year. I mean, the top six teams I think I had at the top of my power rankings last year, four of them made the conference finals. And the other two were teams that were right outside of it. So they made the semifinals. Um, so I was really pleased with the results on that. Tried to fine tune it um, and tried to get a little bit better on it. So uh, here is this season's 2022-2023 power rankings reveal. And of course, with power rankings, um, things can swing very, very quickly in the NBA. So um, I'll probably give you some specific examples of how teams move. And I like to, I, some, I try to look at schedule, strength of schedule, what happened that week. Um, now, I, I'm not employed by the NBA, so I wouldn't call this a super, super deep, like I'm looking at win percentages and strength of schedule to the decimal point. Um, but these are observations that I see based on number metrics that my formula is giving me. Um, so I probably won't go through where all top 30 teams are, but I will at least give you the top five with a little bit more explanation for each and maybe give you a top 10, maybe top 15, just to kind of see where, um, just to give out a lot of names or at least half of it to see where the top 15 is anyways. Uh, but let's start with the top five who I ranked have number who I have ranked number one. And this, I don't think is an overreaction based on the start of the season, but of course there is some questions because you can pick a lot of teams who have had kind of a hot start, but um, especially like last week, like one last, the last week's example is the Dallas Mavericks, like Dallas Mavericks in my first iteration of the power rankings were number one in my rankings, but you had to kind of look at the week, right? They didn't play a really tough schedule. They had a comeback win against, or I mean, they were leading the Suns. Suns came back and won. And then they got to play the Memphis Grizzlies in a situational spot where the Grizzlies were coming off a back-to-back -back third game in four days. Um, and everybody's just dog tired and they beat the Grizzlies by 40. And you have to kind of take that into account when you're doing your power rankings. But I, I adjusted accordingly when I see an outlier like that. But it's still overall with my formula, it still had the Dallas Mavericks ranked number one overall. And but that's including that early season win. So um, they changed very quickly because this week the Mavericks down six spots. All right. So. These things are very fluid. I would say last year, 
when things really starting to tighten up and stay about the same for most of the season was about the 30 game mark for me and my formula. Um, so there's still a large sample size. Of course, further we get into the season, um, things will change and things will change with this list probably over over the course of the season. People will talk, drop out, people will show up that probably shouldn't be there. Um, and this is kind of how it's going to be. But top five, I don't expect this team to finish number one, but they have had a really good start. And that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it's not 2014, you know, 2015. Um, this is the new look Donovan Mitchell, and they haven't had Darius Garland, I think, hardly at all. Um, but Karis LeVert has been playing well. The bigs are doing okay. I would say Jared Allen is a little more steady than what Evan Mobley has been. Um, but the shooting has kind of been the outlier for this team. And the biggest question really is, is their defense for real? Uh, because they have an offensive rating right now of almost 117. Their defensive rating is 105. Um, the only other team that has that kind of massive disparity in offensive and defensive rating is the number two team that I have ranked in my power rankings. And this is the thing about the power rankings. As season goes on and things start to level out, will that number, will those numbers shrink? Um, and that, by shrink, I mean come closer together. Will the defensive rating boost up a little bit? Offensive rating come back down to earth? We'll see. I mean, that's the point of these power rankings is to guess or to have a good uh, measurement stick on who is the top teams in the NBA and who you should be looking to to win the NBA title. Um, the Cavaliers defense, if I remember last year, was pretty good. Um, it wasn't a bad defense. Let me see if I can find that calculate. They're 108.7 defensive rating, and that was for the full season. And that was even with all the injuries that really killed them down the stretch. So maybe the defense is real. But here's the teams that they've played first to get to that 5-1 and one record. Raptors, Bulls, Wizards, Magic, Knicks, Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are the only team that put up a large amount of points against the Cavaliers. They put up 123 points. But that was also an overtime. So I wouldn't say that the, especially the Raptors, Bulls, Wizards, Magic, Knicks, we have kind of seen a mixed bag on that offensively. Um, so that's the question. Like, is the defense for real? Like, is Donovan Mitchell locked back in? And is the offense going to be like the Utah Jazz? Um, and we've seen this story before, but will it be a little different with like a younger, more versatile version? We'll kind of see. So it's interesting to see the Cavs, number one. Now, they do upcoming have a really interesting Western Conference road trip. Um, I'm very curious to see where they're at by the end of November, if they'll move a whole lot. I think the Cavs are going to be a top 10 team after the way they started. I mean, it would have to be injuries that have decimated them again. Um, but their three-point shooting, I mean, they're, I think they're shooting team-wise 42% as a team, which is blazing blazing start to the NBA season. So, of course, I'll come back. But I still think they're going to project to be a top 10 NBA team based on the power rankings that I have. The other team that had the high offensive rating, defensive rating, the net rating, was the Phoenix Suns, which have an impressive-looking resume. I mean, they have wins over the Mavs, the Blazers. Uh, or they lost the Blazers, I'm sorry. Over the Mavs, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Pelicans. Um I don't know what people kind of feel about the Mavs, the way they've looked so far. They have been up and down. 
just recently with that overtime loss to Oklahoma City Thunder, where they were up by 16 points with like five minutes to go. The Clippers are a mess. Um, Ty Lue doesn't know who to play, what to do. I mean, Kawhi's already on his third game of knee management, quote unquote. Um, Paul George is having a slow start, which he usually does. And it's just, we had questions about, is there too many pieces where guys are expecting to play? And that's a very hard thing to juggle if you're Ty Lue. And it's showing itself pretty early. Um, So the Clippers have been a very up and down team, more down. Um, And then you've got the Warriors who have been up and down just as well. Um, The Warriors have not been an impressive team. They had what looked to be an impressive ring ceremony night with a kind of dominant play over Lakers, but we've seen the Lakers now. The Lakers stink. And then they had the Pelicans, which the Pelicans were missing. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, I believe. Herb Jones was not playing. So it looks like an impressive resume to start the season, but you can nitpick the start of it. But you still have to rely on the numbers with the net ratings, even though the teams are missing Uh, The teams have been playing and missing key players. They've been taking advantage and still winning games. The interesting thing is their three-point shooting. It's about even. Uh, I'm kind of curious if it will improve or um, if it gets worse, we'll see what's kind of going on with this team going forward. But they're number two for now. Number three is that New Orleans Pelicans team. Is this team 5-0 and if they were completely healthy already? And... Is that already something we should discuss why this might be a problem at their number three health already? Uh, Their jazz losses in overtime, which I believe Zion went out and Brandon Megram went out with a concussion. The Suns 13 point losses when they were missing absolutely everybody, but they did have an impressive, what looks to be an impressive win over the Mavs when they're very shorthanded. I think the Pelicans are for real. And the only thing that keeps this thing from being a top four seed in the West is purely health. And maybe that's why I should look to go against them. But all things point to me that (laughs) they're going to be a really good team for the entirety of the season if the injuries don't get worse. They just have a lot of bodies that they can throw at people on any given night. And their offense has looked really good so far. They have a really good net rating. Um, The shooting percentages are what I'm worried about with this team falling off can make them fall back to earth a little bit. Number four on this list is the team that I think will move up is the Boston Celtics, which really haven't had an impressive start. I mean, they win games against the 76ers in the heat to start the season. It's like, okay. Yeah, like you can get down with that. That's a good start for the Celtics. Uh, The 76ers have been a big letdown to start the season, which only looked good after Joel Embiid sat. Um, And Miami Heat have been a dumpster fire so far already. I mean, the Miami Heat are in the bottom 10 worst teams in my power rankings right now. Um, So I don't know if that's Tyler, Tyler Hero issues. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about them in a second. Uh, but maybe not a super impressive start from the Boston Celtics, which those are two of their four wins to start the season. It's not a bad start to the season. Um, but here's the thing about the Celtics, why they think they'll move up 
over the next week or two is the next 10 games for them are an absolute layup. I mean, they play the Wizards, the Cavaliers, which should be a good matchup. The Cavs are the ones that beat them in overtime. Um, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Grizzlies, the Pistons twice, the Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Hawks. So depending on what's going on with the Cavs, the Grizz, and the Nuggets, I mean, I, you wouldn't say the Grizzlies are a great team right now. They're all injured, and they don't play defense at all. The Cavaliers, they just played an awesome game against the one, a little revenge factor on that. The Wizards, if you think it's faulty or not, or you're kind of interested by their start, the Knicks, I mean, Jalen Brunson has been good, but can they actually contend with the top of the East? They usually can't. The Bulls have been all over the place start season. The Pistons are bad. Um, the Thunder are bad cloaking as someone that's interesting. Um, and the Hawks are middle of the road. So it's really like the Nuggets and Grizz and Cavs maybe like, those are maybe three potential losses out of those 10 games for the Celtics. Besides that, I mean, this team could have a run coming up of seven, three and eight and two. I mean, this team could certainly go 10 and zero if they don't have any kind of rest thing, which they seem like they're starting to do that. They're trying to do the old sun's moves with resting guys. So they'll probably do the same thing and they won't go eight or two or seven and three, but, if they were trying, they could very easily get 10 and 0 in their next 10. Um, rounding out our top five, that's the Milwaukee Bucks, which I know I just said with the Celtics, not an overly impressive start to the season. They also have a cupcake next 10 games. I mean, they play the Pistons twice, the Thunder twice, the Hawks twice, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves, yuck, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Sorry to put everything out about the T-Wolves saying yuck, but the problem I had with the Timberwolves was where are they going to be able to shoot from outside, and that has been their biggest problem so far, um, just losing recently to the Spurs. They just cannot shoot, and that was my biggest problem for them, um, and it has shown already uh, that the Bucks, I think, are going to be a top team again. I mean, they're 5-0 and to start the season. It's not a super impressive five-game winning streak, but – they have been doing it with margin. Um, and the thing about them is their three-point shooting already this year is better than what it was in the entirety of last season. So to me, that is the biggest thing for this Bucks thing team moving forward is, aren't the Bucks going to be able to consistently shoot the three ball? Because we've already seen their guys that are in rotation, Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, guys like that, the three-point shot is not automatic. Like, it's really hit or miss. And most of the time, well, I won't say most of the time, not be mean. Um, it's, it's hit or miss. That's the best way I can describe right now their three-point shooting. So this is a team I look to to try to improve at those roster positions at some point this season. Will they have the actual ability to do that? We'll see. Um, I don't know if there's too much they can do to really improve those spots. Like, what else do they have to exchange for it? Uh, so they're kind of in a situation where it's Giannis be dominant, Chris Middleton, please God be healthy, and Drew Holiday keep doing Drew Holiday things um, and hoping the health holds up with Brooke Lopez and other guys and just hope shooting sustains. If not, then it's just Giannis ground and pound and hope for the best from the free throw line. But I believe in this Bucks team. Um, I think they're very good. I think they'll be at the top of these power rankings very soon. 
Um, and so that's our top five to round out the top 10. And I'm not going to go more in depth on these. Coming in at number six is the Portland Trailblazers. Really nice start. They're at six right now. Let's see where they rank after the next couple of weeks while Dame is out. But definitely I've given Anthony Simons, he must be listening to podcasts. I've given Anthony Simons some, um, uh, I would say some shots at him. Like, is he really worth it? Is he that dude? And so far he has looked like that dude. So credit to him. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, these are the one that dropped from one to seven based on just one week. This is how, this is the big swings that you can have in power rankings based on one week this early in the season. So Dallas Mavericks last year were at one, quote unquote, based on the rankings. I would have personally probably ranked them four or five, but numerically wise, they've dropped from one to seven. This is the biggest mover of the week. Um, the 76ers. I mean, last week, first week, I had the 76ers as a bottom five team in the NBA with the way they started. Negative 7.4 net rating on their start, winless in week one. Um, their offense sucked and their defense was worse. They couldn't shoot the ball. It didn't look like they were trying. And this week, things kind of bounced back with their shooting and their net rating's about flat now. And that's what a week in the NBA can do for you. They jumped from bottom five to the top 10 already. Um, so this is a high variance team, it looks like to me. Will Joel Embiid make it work? Or do the 76ers kind of look better without Joel Embiid? Which has kind of been the case, which is odd. Um, so it seems like Embiid kind of has to buy in, which is not typically something that you would say. But ultimately, what's holding Joel Embiid back is probably Joel Embiid. Um, but the 76ers come in at number eight. Number nine, number nine the Denver Nuggets, which uh, you can make an argument they shouldn't be at nine and someone else should be in, like, say, the Memphis Grizzlies. But I really have to ding the Grizzlies for their defense. They are not. They are the worst defensive team on par with um, the Houston Rockets, which we'll get into that in just a second. Um, the Nuggets come at number nine. And rounding out the top ten, I know. They're not going to be here probably in the next week or in the next month. But right now, the San Antonio Spurs cracked the top 10. Uh, they have been frisky. They have been fun. That's the interesting thing about these really bad teams that are quote-unquote tanking. How come they have some of the best offense in the NBA right now? Like, have you watched them? Have you watched the Spurs play? Have you watched the Utah Jazz play, who are supposed to be obviously tanking? These teams move the ball. It does not stick. It is not ISO one-on-one. -on -one. It's cutting and moving, um, and it's guys finishing shots right now. Not saying that it will last forever, but it is enjoyable basketball to watch. Like the Spurs have beaten the 76ers and the uh, – um, oh, crap. The Timberwolves, who they beat last night. And they shouldn't win those games. Absolutely not. But they are – going eight to ten deep the ball is moving and popping around the perimeter for both of those teams and they have been successful now is that early success because teams kind of aren't on to them and they don't have any kind of banged up nicked up injuries which are going to happen once you get in a season with a short roster like these teams had sure but right now they get here at top 10 and these bad teams quote-unquote, tanking bad teams like the Jazz and the Spurs, the offense that they play is actually entertaining. 
And that might not be the case by December, but it surely is the case right now. So that ranks out the top team for um, our first power rankings reveal. Other notes I have, um, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but the Kings and Warriors are very comparable measurement-wise in my power rankings. There's literally not a difference between each. The only difference is one has one win. One team has one win. The other team has three wins. Besides that, on paper, they're the same team. Uh, now, certainly, I don't believe the Kings are the same as the Warriors. The Warriors are much better. But I think the big question is, are the Warriors going to take the regular season seriously? And at what point do they take the regular season seriously? Um, so there, this is definitely, I mean, the Kings can't get any lower than one win already. But this is definitely a just a, a, a thing with time where one team goes up and the other team goes down. And I think you can guess which will do what. Uh, the Miami Heat worries. There's, there is real problems. that I've tried to watch a couple of their games I've recorded or on League Pass to rewatch just to kind of keep up with them. <sighs> it's tough to do. Um, Adebayo, Bam Adebayo has just been flat out bad. Uh, and Tyler Hero, Hero starting adjustment, like, is it truly just getting used to Hero being in the starting lineup? Um, I said this before the season. This is the obvious KD trade team. And to me, that's why Tyler Hero is actually starting, is they want the Nets to envision that they're trading for a starter for Kevin Durant with other packages and stuff. Um, I think it matches up perfectly. I think, I don't know why we're not talking about this, um, but there is something brewing where the Heat are going to make a trade for somebody. And to me, it's Kevin Durant because this team as currently constructed will not survive. Um, so moving on to the next, the Raptors might already be stagnant and stagnant, not in a, Man, when you say stagnant, it does sound bad, right? Like, oh, they're already stagnant. They're bad. Um, I'm just saying that there's no real room for improvement. Like, this team is already hitting its ceiling and baseline for the season already, I think, that it was for the entirety of last year's season, um, which is a really good team that I like. Maybe not really good, but they're a good playoff team that I actually like. Uh, but if Scotty Barnes isn't going to make a leap, what's the difference between last year's team and this year's team? They're a year older together. Like this isn't college. That doesn't work the same in the NBA. Now there is some continuity stuff that helps with NBA teams, but there's just not an A plus star level guy. And I know people say, well, Pascal Siakam. Um, Sorry, Siakam's not that guy. Like, Siakam's not going to go out and win you a playoff series. It's not going to happen. Um, and you'll be like, oh, well, he did in the past. Well, he, he really good scoring percentage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everybody else around him also chipped in a lot, too. So, to me, for the Raptors, like, this might be what they are all season. Um, and if I were going to keep going in my rankings, they're right at 15, 16. Um, which I'll get to the next five here in a second. But I just wanted to mention the Raptors real quick. Like, they might finish. I don't think they'll finish in the top 10. They might finish in the top 12, potentially. But they are about as average a team percentages-wise when I'm looking at the stats 
as they were last year and the year prior. And they just really haven't gotten better. And you can kind of see that on the court already. Now it might take a little time for Scotty Barnes to pop a little bit more throughout the season. He's already been injured ankle stuff. Um, but this Raptors team, if I were a fan, I wouldn't expect a huge improvement. Um, they might have a little bit better record. Of course, they'll go on a run. Every team does that. But they will come back to normal. They will also have a bad losing streak where they're going to be about even to what they were last year. And I think that's kind of the expectation going forward. Um, but 10 through 15 on my list right now, I have the Grizzlies at 11, the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks at 12. At 13 is the Minnesota Timberwolves. At 14 is the Utah Jazz. And rounding out the top 15, I have the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors tied. They're basically even teams right now. So that's the top 15. Um, This is the category. This is a tier that I'm going to say, hey, we're trying, I think, tier, which is basically we're looking like we're trying on defense, but our defense sucks. Um, so here's the five worst defenses so, so, so far at the start of the NBA season. Ranking number one is the Brooklyn Nets with a, one point, with a 121.6 defensive rating. Boy, I mean, Kevin Durant, talk about not trying. Um, Kevin Durant is not trying at all. <laughs> he's not rebounding. He's not doing anything. Like, you just got to read the tea leaves. There's already problems with Kyrie. Ben Simmons looks like a mess. Um, he looks like a shell of himself and he hasn't played in two years, so it's going to take time. Maybe Ben Simmons does look like the defensive monster he does two or three years ago with a couple months under his belt, but it just doesn't look like it's there anymore. Um, and the nut, the nets to me are just a, the, the, the talk, the clock is ticking and the hammer is about to fall on that final nail. Um, other Terrible defensive teams. The Pistons. Pistons, number two, they're 120 defensive rating. Um, the Grizzlies are third, 119.9 defensive rating. They don't play defense at all. Um, they're just waiting for Jaron Jackson Jr. to get back and the growth of some rookies and second-year players. Uh, the Spurs, the surprising top 10 Spurs, cracked the top 10 with this bad of a defense, 116.7, which, honestly, I could have put the Grizzlies at their spot but the defense was bad enough for me, and the Spurs have nicer wins uh, to rank them a little bit higher. But still, they get the fourth nod on defense, uh, worst defense. And the Rockets, which at the end of the season, I think will rank as the worst defense in the NBA again. 115.7 defensive rating. Um, Their defense sucks. They're a bad team again. Oh, my goodness, they're horrible. Uh, Sorry, Rockets fans. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel with Wimbayama or Scoot, but then you draft Scoot. What are you going to do with that situation with <laughs> Ken Board Jr.? Um, they signed that year-to-year contract. Is that why they did it? They get top. They don't get Victor. Then they get Scoot. Then they let him go. Like, I, there's just not really much going on. Uh, honorable mention is the Indiana Pacers, 118.4, which you're saying, wait a second. That's a worse defensive rating than the Spurs and the Rockets. Um, And it is, but I also kind of factored in the Miles Turner effect, which he missed most of the first week and he was back toward the tail end of the second week. Not saying that Miles Turner is a huge improvement overall on defense, but I'm going to give them a little benefit of the doubt right now um, because they are right outside my top 15 and 
have three wins. So I'm going to give them benefit of doubt over someone like the Rockets who have only won one game. Um, so yeah, they, they, they get an honorable mention for this. Uh, so that will, I believe that's, every, oh yeah, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. I have seen some people that saying that the Thunder are fun, like you should watch out for this team. Uh, don't get excited about the Thunder. Uh, when I talk about huge adjustments with the power rankings early in the season, I mean, the 76ers who won maybe a, like three games and shot a little bit better, went from 26 to eighth in a week. Um, the Thunder won three games last week and jumped from, let's see where they were, week one of rankings, 27th to 23rd. So a very tiny adjustment for this Thunder team who won the same amount of games as the 76ers. But the thing about the Thunder is, yeah, I love SGA. I love Shea Gillis-Alexander. Their defense is not great, and they cannot shoot the ball again. And that is the biggest indicator when you're looking at teams for projecting wins throughout the year and where they'll be in a power rankings is looking at their shooting splits. And their shooting splits are bottom in the NBA again. So, yeah, they won a couple games last week. SGA was awesome and good for them. But I'm here to tell you to not get too excited about that last week. Okay? Um, because if the shooting does not improve dramatically, it does not matter what SGA does. I mean, he's going to have to average 40 for them to be competitive um, and win keep winning games. And that's just not going to happen, right? So if the, if the shooting does not improve, the Thunder are going to be a bottom 10 team again this year um, and potentially to be bottom seven, bottom five. So don't get too excited. I'm seeing some people on the Twitter line saying, hey, Thunder for real, get excited about them. Like they could, they're dangerous and maybe game to game, they're interesting matchup. But long term with this team, there's nothing here. Um, and I'm sorry to say that I like the guys, Josh Giddy, all those players. I mean, I wish Chet was healthy. Might be a little different, but don't get excited about the Thunder. Just a small adjustment. So that's the first power rankings reveal. Maybe went a little longer than I expected to. Uh, had to go through all of my notes. Wanted to get everything out since it was solo. You know, get my own time. Daniel and Cody not interrupting me. So you get unfiltered thoughts. So you're welcome for this week. Um, let me know if you want me to keep doing power ranking updates, maybe once a month or every couple weeks or something like that. So we are going to be back next week, hopefully with Daniel back in, Cody back, and we'll have another full episode. Hope everybody has another good week watching the NBA, and I'll see you guys next Monday. Here we go.